you know, now we're we're beyond the flood, let's say. Let's talk about the Nephilim. Uh you after know the flood. Yeah. Okay. How did they appear after the flood? Yeah. Okay. Well, well they were actually pre flood, right? Are they an, they're anti so let's start there. Let's start antediluvian and then move okay. move forward on the timeline. <clears throat> well, the term Nephilim comes from Genesis the uh, sixth chapter and um if they we, sort of precipitated the flood, didn't they? Yes. So uh, they were uh, basically um as um the book of Enoch um, tells us, which is which is not in the canon, uh, and I don't consider it as inspired writ. I use it more as a reference or a commentary, sure, to kind of give light. It is widely accepted in in Jewish tradition. Uh, it's quoted by Jude and also First Peter, and uh, I, I believe there are references that Jesus also gave. Towards to the, this, to the book of Enoch, to the book of Enoch, but um, you know that's a whole other debate. Sure, but, sure. Uh, when we mm-hmm. when we look at basically, you know, the sixteen hundred and eighty six some odd years from the time of the fall till the time that the flood came came in, you know, you're looking at a civilization that is unlike anything we ever have seen. Yeah, uh, we cannot even fathom right uh it it basically if we go by not just jewish tradition and biblical tradition but if we go by sumerian tradition babylonian tradition um, assyrian tradition and egyptian tradition it was a place in which gods and men walked together mm. uh, this basically um uh, was the time in which uh, fallen angels infiltrated the human race to destroy the human genome so that the seed of the woman could not come to fruition and humanity could not be redeemed. Mm. And the sole poisoning of the creation of God and convoluting, um, you know, the basic uh, function of humanity mm-hmm. uh, was based upon a an action of 200 watcher angels, according to the book of Enoch, right. that ascended on Mount Hermon, made a vow. Hermon means the place of the oath, and the oath was that they came into an oath together that they were going to do this collectively and that they were not going to renege. And so they came down with the sole purpose of harming, infiltrating, and giving humanity not just what the Nakash gave them, which was the sin nature. Which was the serpent, right? Which was the serpent, but the ability to destroy themselves through technology. Wow. And so they began to teach them witchcraft, um, drugs, you know, how to form Mm -hmm. things from the ground and things like the cutting of roots, it says in the book of Enoch. They also taught uh, martial arts and weaponry and war. They also taught constellations, how to read the constellations. That's the reason why you have maps that are made in a time when we didn't have satellites and we didn't right. have NASA. Um, they were all given, this knowledge was given to them. Now, basically, it's kind of given to a fallen creation. It's like giving a, a loaded gun to a toddler, you yeah, know. Sure. It might go off. There's sure, you know, as time progresses, yeah, sure. it probably it will. will. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's pleasure in sin for a season. So mm-hmm. this technology began to, you know, 
proliferate and yeah, proliferate into the human race, which again brought a new type of mm-hmm. slavery to them. Now, the Nephilim, um, the fallen watchers are the fathers of the Nephilim. And uh, you can, uh, when you look up the word in the Hebrew, it means the fallen ones. Mm-hmm. But uh, as Michael Heiser points out in in um, Unseen Realm, he actually found that it was an etymology of a of a um, Arabic word that simply was translated giants. Wow. So <clears throat> when we see the word Nephilim, like in the ESV translation mm-hmm. uh, NLT, uh, the King James is actually accurate in in its saying that it was giants. There were giants on the earth in those days and afterward. Yeah. And so we we see that um, now most people have a problem understanding how celestial beings can cohabitate with terrestrial beings such sure. as you and I. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a couple of scriptures that I'd like to look at if we sure. if we may. Absolutely. Uh, that kind of show. Uh, one of them is found in First Corinthians chapter 15 and uh, it begins to talk about the resurrection and it talks about the different bodies now notice this in verse i believe it is verse 35 it says but someone will ask how are the dead raised with what kind of body do they come he said you foolish person what you sow does not come to life unless it dies And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or of some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. So it's obvious he begins to talk about the terrestrial body, the celestial body. He says, and he clearly says that everything God creates has seed. Mm. So that kind of shows you that even though angels weren't set apart to procreate, they still have seed. Mm. Okay. Okay. So people have trouble with uh, angelic hosts impregnating human women. But when we look at the word of God, and we see Mary, who is impregnated by a word from God. Right. So there's there's some things there's some there. Precedent yeah, there. precedent. Yeah. And then we go over to the book of Jude, right before Revelation. And uh, he says, uh, the book of Jude, and he makes this statement here. He says in verse number six of Jude, he says, And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, he's talking about those watcher angels, but left their proper dwelling. Now that word proper dwelling in the Greek is a word that's only used one other time in the entire New Testament. And it's uh, okiterion, okiterion. And it means habitation or body. Mm. Habitation or body. Where it's used is found in Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 2 where this w- word is used. So it kind of gives us a, a picture of what happened here. Um, 5.2, it says, For in this tent, talking about our physical body, we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. There's that word again. Mm. Okay, so it shows you that while we're waiting for our heavenly 
dwelling. They actually had the heavenly dwelling and were clothed with the tent. So it shows you that there was some kind of trans, I don't know if this is the right word for it, but it sounds cool, transmogrification of some sort. Mm. That uh, they they became, and many times in the scripture, when he visited Abram, Abraham, when he visited various people, came and got Peter out of prison, they looked like men. And in fact, they look like men, but they un- also there was some signifying marks because the people of Sodom and, Sodom and Gomorrah, they actually perceived that these were angels that came to visit Lot. So, I mean, they had human characteristics, but yet there was something about them. Something different about them. But uh, what happened was is they began to give birth to giants. They not only... Um, began to taint the seed that the Messiah would come through, but they began to affect animals and all of creation, plants, and they began to do what the Dead Sea Scrolls and the Book of Giants and in the Book of Enoch and in also other, um, you know, texts uh, that are not in the canon, that they began to manipulate the genetic quality of everything that God had created. Mm. And that's the reason why God chose the animals to come on the ark because there were tainted animals. So he chose certain ones. Right. So not every animal that was in that current economy got on the ark. It was those that were pure. And in fact, when it came to Noah, it says he was perfect in his generation Mm. That doesn't mean that he was morally perfect. It meant that he was free from the tainted of the Nephilim uh, blood, you know, contamination. Now, how it happened after the flood is that although Noah and his sons were clean, their wives were not, especially Ham's. Ham's wife was not clean from this genetic alteration. And if you look at the timeline in the promised land where we again see Nephilim referred to, they come from the line of Ham or Japheth, but not from Shem. Mm. Shem is that scarlet thread that brings forth the Messiah. But Japheth had a few giant clans come from him, but largely it was Ham who also wanted to create, in fact, he gave birth to Mizram, which became Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was the progenitor of Canaan, of Egypt, wow. of Assyria, of all these different areas that became enemies of the oh, people God. of God yeah. and uh, in the creation of the giant clans. So that when um, <clears throat> the people of God went down to Egypt, because of famine Mm -hmm. and ended up staying there for 430 years. Mm -hmm. You know, Bible expositors tell us that when they came back up into Canaan, all of the outlying cities were giant clans. They were Nephilim clans. So here's one of the major disputes that a lot of people have is that God is unjust and that he is genocidal. That right. he kills people because he just simply wants yeah, to. Arbitrarily. Nothing could be further from the truth. These were hybrid beings 
that were not human entirely. Mm. And those were the ones that were eliminated. Everyone else was just simply driven out. Mm. And even many of the nations within that promised land were incorporated, you know, into. But you begin to see that he is not genocidal, that the flood wasn't genocide. The flood was love and mercy and protection of the human race, which was totally being annihilated to where only eight people were saved. And that out of literally maybe even billions of people because of the age that they were able to live during that time, you could have a population that is even bigger than the population today. Wow. So it's, it's, it's interesting stuff. Sure is. Um, I believe, I do not believe that it's just the line of Seth and the line of Cain getting together. And because if that was the case, we'd have giants today. Sure. This was a supernatural thing. Again, we've got to get our supernatural worldview sure. because it explains a lot of things. I mean, the Nephilim in this scenario have great bearing in the times that we live today. Mm. How so? Because we've got, uh, you know, the transgender movement. We have, uh, you know, all kinds of uh, experiments that are happening now. With the human genome, sure. uh, you know, the miscegenation oh, of yeah. animals, the, all of these things. We have UFO abductions on the rise. And what is happening in UFO abductions? There are genetic experiments and extractions. Yeah. Every one of them. Uh, either, either we are the Las Vegas of the universe and the aliens are coming to have a good time and sow their wild oats on us. Are they doing something more nefarious and yeah. more sinister? Well, and and UFOs and extraterrestrials and things like that are normalized now. Where before, you know, fifty years ago, that was just no. outlandish, and you were you were sort of ridiculed for even considering that those could be true. Yeah. And now you have, uh, you know, NASA and the United States Air Force and different places acknowledging existence mm-hmm. of these things. Do you think that the uptick in that is preparing us for something? I believe it's a, a, a preparing us for the great delusion. I believe that the strong delusion is not some kind of metaphysical um, doctrine that's going to come forth. I believe there's going to be a uh, an unveiling, a disclosure of something that has been going on behind the scenes for many, many mm. years. Yeah. And that, uh, where's that talked about in scripture? The, the strong delusion that the strong delusion is found in second Thessalonians chapter Mm -hmm. two. And Jesus also refers to it as well in the, uh, Luke 21, uh, Matthew 24. He talks about how that men's hearts will fail Mm -hmm. themselves, fail them for fear of what is coming upon the earth. And, uh, so I believe now this is my belief is that I believe when the rapture of the church happens, I believe they will appear. Now, they're giving glimpses because he's the prince of the power of Of the the air. air. So we're giving glimpses because when we see angelic hosts, 
operating within the Old and New Testament, they always have technology with them. So even in Ezekiel, when we see the wheel within the wheel, right, when we right. see the the flying throne of God, we we see technology that is superior to us and is anti-gravitical. Hard to explain, yes. especially in it makes no um, impedance in our atmosphere or in our uh, physics. So you don't have the um, the sound. You don't have the you know, when most people will see these things, they'll say, I never heard a sound. Yeah. They moved. There was no sonic boom. Right. There was nothing at all. So it's obvious that they're transdimensional. I do not believe that they're from galaxies far away. I believe that they're transdimensional and it's a deception because what they want to do is they want the people to embrace. Um, basically, it's it's panspermia. Which is, you know, a Greek philosopher came up with panspermia, which means that an ancient intellectual civilization seeded the earth and will one day come back mm. and take it to its place of golden age or enlightenment. Sure, sure. That's what ancient aliens is all about. That's the mm. whole thing. It's the promotion of the gospel of panspermia. So it's essentially providing a false narrative to scripture to to throw people off it's neo darwinism mm. okay so darwin uh you know evolution was designed as a psychological operation to cause men to believe that survival of the fittest it was the way life is the way that life was supposed to be meant and uh, and now we've got panspermia coming in you know as an addendum to mm-hmm. that that is basically saying humanity's on the brink of destruction. These alien entities came; they seeded the genome of, of uh, you know, however yeah. evolution came about, and uh, they seeded the genome, causing us to become the civilization that we are. And now is going to come and save us. And I believe that's the strong delusion. Yeah. Uh, you've had ancient aliens on for 20 years now, 20, almost 20 years. And it's one of the most widely watched programs on the History Channel and also downloads on various streaming networks. Mm. This is pitched over and over yeah. and over and over. And it's basically softening us to receive a disclosure that our alien brothers are here to save us and not destroy us. And so they're going to become our saviors. I don't know if you remember V. I remember that uh, television show in the 80s called V. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it was about an alien race and that shows up and offers all these gifts, yeah. all these, you know, health and things of right. that nature. But really, they were here to destroy and eat us. It's kind of <laughs> the same thing. Yeah, sure. So, you know, you've got this in the popular culture from the day the earth stood still. Mm-hmm. And they kind of use the atomic age yeah. as a means of saying, Okay, well, we've used nuclear bombs. How many times have you heard this in sci-fi? Oh, since the nuclear bomb come off, it sent a shock wave throughout right. the universe, and now they're coming to investigate us and see if we are responsible or right, right. if we could deserve the golden age. This is all in the 
cultural maelstrom that we're in. I mm-hmm. mean, our kids are learning this through Disney Plus. Sure, They're sure. learning, you know, all this stuff. They're being primed. They're being prepared. Because if we go by the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent, then we need to know that just as Jesus was physically born in the earth, the Antichrist, the seed of the serpent, will also be physically right. born in that way. Yeah. So he will be a Nephilim. Mm. Wow. So uh, something you said earlier about the great delusion, that it's not just this, you know, doctrine that's going to come, yeah. but it's, it is coupled with the supernatural. The Vatican is already preparing for the appearance of aliens. They have, they are changing their Opus Dei school of thought and their doctrine to bring in the alien, uh, theory that's wow. coming in. Uh, in fact, they put out a book a few years back called Would You Baptize an Alien? The Vatican did this. The Vatican wow. did this. And, and so they're, they're changing that. They have a, uh, a telescope. It's called the Lucifer Telescope on Mount Graham. Does nobody get the? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it's you know the devil loves to do things in plain sight. Sure. So we've got them looking at the skies. Why are the Jesuit priests looking at the skies? Don't they have other bigger fish to fry, like feed the poor and things right. of that nature? Yeah. But but yet they are you know looking at things that the world is looking at their phones yeah, and they're in the know about these things and they're preparing for disclosure. Our governments are preparing for disclosure. That's the reason why Tucker Carlson has something on every three, four months, you know, about aliens. It's because he's been allowed to do that. Sure. Sure. And the Vatican, I mean, based on uh, the role they played during the pandemic, they will go into full, you know, um, information mode and try to quell everyone into, you know, accepting whatever's happening. I'm quite sure. Well, you know, um, I believe his name was Heinrich that was over Project Blue Book in the 50s, 60s, you know, early 70s. And then you had Jacques Vallée, who was the French uh, leading expert Mm -hmm. on UFOs back in the 70s. In fact, he is uh, characterized in the movie Close Encounters of the right. Third Kind as the Frenchman mm-hmm. there. Uh, Lacombe, I think, is what his name was. But uh, both of them, after studying this phenomenon extensively yeah. for years, said that these, both of them said this, said that these are not beings from another planet or another universe. These are trans-dimensional beings that are very well acquainted with our earth. Mm. Wow. And uh, so we have to understand that they're coming through portals, they're coming through wormholes into our sphere, kind of like a a stage. You know, when you have a a stage like in a Broadway play, you, you have... You know, backstage is sure. the front, and then you got you ways know, in and out. And of there's the... ways in and out. People can move in and out, lighting, things of that nature. So we've got to, you know, just like uh, Shakespeare said, all the world is a stage. a stage. So we were kind of seeing that we're playing our part in here, but they're popping in right. at various difference because they want to continue the dialogue and the rhetoric. 
that there's something yeah. out there that is not addressed in the scripture so therefore the scripture is invalid mm. because these things are not in there but i'm here to tell you they're in it's the in scripture there. well see and that's the interesting thing about this discussion is most people have just sort of run past this and again as we've talked already today the writers of the scripture uh, in whatever century they were living uh bc or ad they had a supernatural worldview and they were writing to people that had the same. And so now here we are far removed from that mindset. And so we just gloss things over and we create our doctrines and we create our orthodoxy and we just mm-hmm. move on down the road. And there's all this happening in a supernatural realm mm-hmm. that most people, irrespective of where they're at, are, are sort of blind to. Yes, there's a lot of ignorance in regards to that and a lot of of people that just refuse to accept the fact that this is a supernatural book, yeah. that this is not just a piece of morality that teaches rules and regulations, but Jesus said, thy word is truth. And that means that when he's uttering something and bringing forth something, we can take it to the absolute test. It mm. is the validity and right. truth of God. It is the reality. Jesus said this. He said, I am the way, the truth. The word truth there is the Greek word for reality. He said, I am the reality. Yeah. So that just changes everything for us sure. because, you know, he didn't just, you know, die for us. He died as us right. and he exemplified who we could be. Mm-hmm. He modeled. Sure. He said, if you creation. believe in me, yeah. the works that I do, you shall yes. do also. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying that we become gods. Of that is not, not no. what we're saying. But what I'm saying is, we're is imagers. He modeled the new creation in his earthly ministry mm. for three and a half years. He modeled the life of the new creation. So the mm. body of Christ, which is you and I and these collective members around the world, have the same capacity, the same anointing collectively that he had Mm. on the earth. 